0: Good morning. I hope everyone is doing well today. I hope everyone is having a good week. Today we're going to talk about Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is the most written about, talked about, and stitched on a pillow or engraved on a plaque psalm there is. We call it by its familiar name, the 23rd Psalm. It's read at funerals and during times of distress. It's considered a psalm of comfort. Most of us have memorized it in the King James Version, and it goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm written by David speaks words that make us comfortable. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He prepares a table for me. My cup runneth over. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It is personable. Each of us wants to be cared for and have goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives. There are no references to killing enemies or wishing God would pour out his wrath. There's no asking why God doesn't feel present. And there's no cry of, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? The psalm holds no mention of tears or woe. And yet, there is that sentence, most familiar to many of us, from the King James, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Biblical scholars agree that this valley of the shadow of death David refers to in this psalm is the Kidron Valley, near the Mount of Olives. David had walked when he was a shepherd boy, through this valley, which has deep crevices, cliffs, and sharp rocks. Seasonal rains flood the area. The valley runs about 20 miles. Kidron, which means a dark, ashy gray color, was the very color of ashes the Jewish people smeared on their sackcloth that they wore when they were in mourning. The poor were buried in this valley. It was like a potter's field. So many did mourn here. Family members wondered how they would live without their loved ones. If you've ever been in a deep valley, either literally or figuratively, you know the angst and fear that locks itself inside your chest and throat. And who among us hasn't experienced fear? That phone call saying a loved one has been diagnosed with an illness. Or that call from a child saying he's in trouble with the law, or a spouse telling us he has been laid off from a job. Or perhaps we've had to deal with our own seasons of depression and anguish when everything feels dark and looks gray. Kidron. Today I want to spend some time in exploring that fear, not for the reasons of being dismal but so that we can enjoy the green pastures better. We know in our heads that fear hinders faith. Fear obstructs our relationship with God. Fear is a nasty taskmaster. The longer we spend in it, the harder it is to live in the peace that passes understanding in the glory of, I am God. We reduce God to our fear. The trust we thought we had fades. Not letting that wedge of fear, or sometimes what feels like a boulder of fear, come between you and God is so important for living in that trust of God and not in that big, bad, scary fear. That boulder of fear, as I call it, keeps you from focusing on God alone and from hearing from Him. That boulder has many names. Anger, jealousy, envy, resentment, pride. Sometimes it is all you see when fear takes over. We let that keep us from freely abiding in God's love. We fear that God doesn't hear our voice and won't provide for us or that he doesn't recognize our desires or care about us. Fear that he, the good shepherd, will not give his whole life for us, which, of course, he already has. It is natural to ask, why would a good shepherd, who would lay down his life for his sheep, lead a lamb into a valley filled with danger and death threats? Philip Keller, an Australian shepherd, includes these thoughts in his book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. He writes, The shepherd knows from past experience that predators like coyotes, bears, wolves, or cougars can take cover in these broken cliffs and from their vantage point prey on his flock. He knows these valleys can be subject to sudden storms and flash floods that send walls of water rampaging down the slopes. There could be rock slides, mud, or a dozen other natural disasters that would destroy or injure his sheep. But in spite of such hazards, he also knows that this is still the best way to take his flock to the high country. He spares himself no pains, or trouble or time to keep an eye out for any danger. That might develop. I want to bring in another familiar scripture passage about sheep. John chapter 10 is called the Good Shepherd chapter of the Bible. I want to cross reference it here. In the Old Testament, we have Psalm 23 that speaks of the Lord as our shepherd. And in the New Testament, in the book of John, Jesus himself lets us know what a good shepherd he is. In this chapter, Jesus speaks about sheep, the shepherd, and the gatekeeper. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That's found in verse 3. Jesus says that a real shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He also talks about shepherds that aren't good, the ones that are thieves and cause harm, the voices we shouldn't listen to. Jesus tells us that a good shepherd goes on ahead of the sheep, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. When we are still and listen to God, we hear his voice. Whether we rest by cool waters or try not to skin our knees as we go through the rocky areas, we are confident in a God whose love and care for us is abundant. Perhaps we have listened to other voices and they've led us astray or filled us with anger, or along the way they were not reassuring or truthful. God is saying, Look to me. Look at me. Abide in me. Without me, you can do nothing. Like sheep without a shepherd, you are lost without my leading. Don't have any other idols before me. No idols of worry or doubt or fear. Even in these dark and dangerous valleys, keep your eyes on me and hear my voice. So how do we combat fear? I have four suggestions. The first is read passages about God. Dig in. the Scriptures. Memorize. The Psalms often speak our hearts, spend time among their words. In addition to Psalm 23, read Isaiah 40 verse 11. He tends his flocks like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young There are more passages on Jesus being our shepherd, like I referenced earlier, John chapter 10, where Jesus says he's the good shepherd and his sheep hear his voice and recognize it. Secondly, release control. It's a myth to think we have all this control over what happens in our lives. When we realize that we have less control than we really do, this frees us. Third, this is God's world. We don't have to understand it or like it, but if we trust our Good Shepherd, we can recognize that this is God's story. So much so that we can rest in God's lap like a child, even though the storms are raging around us. And last, number four, glorify God. Even in the small ways in the midst of our fear, we can keep the communication lines open and pray. God wants to hear from us. He wants to hear our voice. We can also love others, think of their needs and how we can help them and pray for them. The Westminster Catechism's first question, the only one I know by heart, is, What is man's chief end? The answer is, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Trust your good shepherd because he loves you and knows you. Even in the valley, we are not off track. He has led us there and takes us deeper into his arms where we learn just how magnificent and trustworthy this shepherd is. The more we treasure our faith, and let it be a daily, moment-by-moment living faith, the quicker we are to confess when we let fear or the voice of others who are not in line with God's promises and character keep us from holding on to him. And we want nothing to do with anything that causes us to stray from our good shepherd. Get rid of all those boulders. In closing, I have a quote by John Newton. John Newton said, If the Lord be with us, we have no cause of fear. His eye is upon us, his arm over us, his ear open to our prayer, his grace sufficient, his promise unchangeable. And with these words of hope, I'll close. I pray that we can live this day in victory.